but we want to just kind of look at what it means to build biblical community. And when you do that, what does God do? How does he infuse? How does he speak to the church? What's special about it? And there's so much about it. So this morning, um, we hope that these, these tables can be a snapshot of what we're trying to create. That it will be a place of safety, a, a place that you can find refuge and strength. And we have an expression we always talk about, doing life together. I want to add on to that. Doing life together in a God-honoring relationship. Doing life together is the body of Christ, but doing it in the context of God-honoring relationships that bring glory to our Father and they bring glory uh, to the church, the body of Christ. So this morning, I'm just hoping that you can go, man, I don't know about this. I remember last year, you put us at tables and... I mean, that just messed me up. Some of you are like, man, I like this, you know. Or don't get too used to it. But, uh, but we, we like it because, you know, it, one thing, I, it makes me think when we were at AUM. Remember when we were there? We, well, not many of you were there then. But we had these desks and, and the little thing would flip over and you like take your notes. That is really a great thing to have church. But we want to look today because I think life change best happens in small groups. But before we get there, I want you to stand because I want to read God's word for us this morning. This is God's text on this particular Sunday morning. It's found over there in the second chapter of Acts, like I said, and it's Acts 2. And if you'll look at these verses, starting in verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by all the apostles, and all the believers were together and had everything in common selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had a need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Isn't that a marvelous passage? There was a time that I read this passage every single day because I, I wanted it to be so ingrained in my fiber but much greater than my fiber. The fiber of this church called Christ Community that somehow, don't y'all long for the day that daily God adds to the number of those being saved? How many long for a church like that? Amen. Daily. That's right. Not just some Sundays, not just every Sunday, but daily people come to know Christ in your home, in work, in fellowship. They're just doing life together. And you can be seated. Man, you're doing great. There's a little formula, a little equation at the top from Peter Wagner, and I want you to fill this in on your notes. The celebration plus the congregation plus the cell equals the church. The celebration, we're in a celebration mode right now. And then the congregation, we'll talk about what that is. And then you go into cells, and cells, another word for cell in the, in the third world countries, they call them cell groups, we call them small groups. And when you get all that working together in unity, it equals the greater the church. And I'm hoping that we somehow will get a picture of that in our hearts today and go, God, that's what I'm longing for. That's, that's what I want to see. The celebration is the whole body gathering together to sing, to praise, to worship, large event venues. They just come together. It's like today, there's a lot of energy. I mean, could y'all imagine having the energy that we've just already experienced this morning in your house all the time? No. I mean, that's better than the best Starbucks with all the pumps you can get. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this just pumps you, and it energizes you, and there's a, there's a celebration. But then there's the congregation, and that's the smaller church within the church, and not too small, but it's somewhere between 20 and 100 people that you know within the church, within the congregation, 
And those people, if you miss, they know you're absent because they know your name. They, they care about you. So there's a congregation. And somebody are like, well, I, I don't know, but two or three people. Then you need to get to work. And somebody are like, man, I know 150, Pastor. Hey, I know this many. But somewhere they tell us within 20 to 100 people, you can pretty much know their names. And, and, uh, and, and they care about one another. But then we move to the cell. And the cell would be somewhere, a small group, somewhere 10 to 12 people is really the optimum size. And in there, they don't just know your name. Listen. They know your weaknesses. They know your warts. They know your prayer concerns because they pray for you on a regular basis. They celebrate life with you when things are good. They hold your hand when you get a cancer call and the doctor says you have cancer and they're there to walk you through that experience called life. You don't get the job. You don't get the raise. Your kid's rebellious. Your, your kid's, man, your kid's just out of control. You need some help. That's where you get a small group. That's where you get a cell group. But let's look at four marks this morning. Number one, you're ready to write. People are being baptized. In verse 41, it says that they accepted the message, the message of the gospel of grace, the message of Jesus, and then they followed Christ in baptism. Last weekend, we had baptisms here at Christ Community, four in the second service, and a marvelous thing. I love when we see people following Christ in baptism. And what it is, it's really that shot, that snapshot of life change that radically my life has been redirected, redetermined by Christ, and I'm buried with Christ, and yet I am raised with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ and yet I live. It's the good news. It's identification. Baptism, just right up there on the side, if, you, if you've never heard this or if you need to just be reminded, baptism is always identification. When people identify with Christ in baptism, they're identifying that I make Jesus Lord. I follow him publicly. I, I go out and I show people that. See, a lot of times people pray for Christ to come into their life in private and that's a cool thing. That's fine. But baptism is when we move out of the shadows of the dark and we move into the light of grace and we move into the light of going public for Christ. And aren't you glad the day that you went public for Christ? If you are, put your hands together when you went public for Him. That's what it's really about. Hey, this is not a secret. I've been initiated into the life of the church, into the life of Jesus Christ. And I follow Him now. He is Lord. He's meaning. He's substance. And then secondly... New relationships are formed in this new community. New, deeper meaning. In 44, in verse 44, it says, All believers were together, and they held everything in common. Now, that is not the world you and I live in, but it should be a picture of the church we belong to or want to be a part of or serve in. That they shared things. They, they hung out together. They were friends. They were, they were highly relational. You can probably imagine, I love people. People energize me. The bigger crowds, the more buzz I get. I mean, it's just an amazing thing. Some of you are like, man, I get depressed, Pastor, when I'm in crowds. I took a pill before I came in today because I knew it was going to be crazy. But here's what I'm saying. But there's a time you should have people that you pull alongside and you, as you identify and you do relationships and you form. Because, see, it's God's idea that we don't uh, not hang out in fellowship. You see, in Genesis 2.18, write down Genesis 2.18. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone, and I will make a helper suitable for him. And all the men said, oh, come on, man, give it to me better. And all the men said, and all the women said, whoo, they excited too. See, God knew, man, this is about marriage, but it's also about the church. God wants us to live together in holiness, in life, in relationship. 
And some of you are going, well, you know, I I just want to do it by myself. That's not the way God created us. Look at Genesis. Look around the tables today. I mean, if something good happens in your life, what are you going to do? Go tell your plant? Your plant never high-fives you. You you get sick, your plant don't give you aspirin and Tylenol and something to eat, some soup. Your plant don't care. You you know what I'm saying? You say, but I got a dog. I'm going to tell you, I've seen a few talented dogs, but I ain't never had no dog cook for me and feed me. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I love about animals, especially dogs. They tend to never have a bad day. Now, if you get home and you go to greet the dog and the dog runs from you, you need to come to church quick. But you know, this thing called hanging out together, and some of you love it, and some of you are like, man, I'm scared to death of it. Open yourself up to the reality of what life can be in Christ. Uh, Here it is. I want you to fill this in this box. Isolation breeds selfishness. You become selfish. That's just the way we are if we just tend to do life alone. But authentic community breeds selflessness. When I get in the context of the church, when I get in the context of biblical Christian community, I become more giving. I become less concerned about my needs and myself and my, my, my. I become concerned about the body at large. So we give our life away. It's a beautiful thing. The third thing, there's new allegiances. New allegiances are formed. They're, they're developed. Do you all remember? I know you remember. Remember 9-11, how it rocked our country? How I hate to get on airplanes now. Do I have a witness? I used to love to fly. I used to fly a lot traveling around the country speaking. And I had it down. I knew how long it took to drive from my house to the Montgomery Regional Airport. I would high-five them when I ran through because I had the hard copy ticket in my hand. I'd go, hey, Keith! And I would just, I would be flying. And I used to say I was doing an OJ, but that's not cool anymore. But I was, I was flying. Okay. I was running, I was running down, the, down the strip, and I, and I got in there. And I, many times, I know you're not going to believe this, I made it just when they were getting ready to close the door and I could get on the plane. 9-11 happened. I hang out at airports now. I sit there. I take my laptop, take the cell phone. I stop by at Subway when I first get there. You know what I'm saying? And it's just a pain. But something great did happen to America after 9-11. Somehow, what I was taught as a little boy in elementary school, America became greater to a lot of us. The Pledge of Allegiance now meant something that it hadn't meant meant to us in decades and there was a new profound allegiance on america after 9-11 do i have any witnesses to that fact this morning thank god for america this morning there's an allegiance to it and we love our country and if you don't we can try to help you find another one even all the bad stuff that's going on in our country i still still believe it's the greatest country in in the world and we have great opportunities but there's something far better a new allegiance. And that ultimate allegiance ought to be to the person, Jesus Christ, to the Lord God himself, that we love Christ and we're committed to him and we yield our lives and our wills and we submit to him. We say, Lord Jesus, I want to worship you in spirit and in truth and I want to go to the, for the things that matter to you, God. So this morning I'm just asking a question. Who's your allegiance to? Oh, my allegiance is to building my kingdom. My allegiance is to doing this. Mm-mm, wrong answer. Acts 2 says they shared everything together and they held things together in common. It was a powerful, it was a, they, one of their marks was they cared for one another. Let me give you another one they had. Write this down. Radical generosity was who they were. 
they radically gave away their possessions and their money to those that had need. Somewhere this has drifted off the mark of Christ's community. Somewhere it's drifted off. There are some that are radically generous and some that are radically stingy. And if we're a Christ follower, we need to be radically generous. And let me just tell you this. This next week I'll be meeting with many of our leadership team that's being formed and our consultant from Arkansas for our capital campaign to reach the next generation. Can you give God praise right there? That's right. And we're going to be asked to sacrifice and to give radically. And you go, man, I got nothing to give. You give and you give. And let's trust God and let's believe God. Because I was just reading yesterday in my Bible, nothing is impossible to those that believe. And I'm believing my God's not bankrupt. My God doesn't need no stimulus package. My God's got it down. How about your God? And he's going to show us how to do this thing in a powerful way, sacrificially. Ephesians 2.21 says, In him, in Christ, the whole building is joined together, and it rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. How many of y'all want to be known as a holy temple that rises up and gives the, the Most High God praise and worship, and we sing new songs? You see, J-Mac today, he was leading us in the band, and Jennifer, man, I tell you what, guys, can I just tell you? got a moment of pride there for a minute i got so stinking excited about what was going on, on this platform i said man i want everybody to have some of that i felt the joy of the lord abounding in here and it was a 915 service now i'm not making fun of y'all maybe i am and sometimes we're exuberant sometimes we hide in uh in the starbucks you know it's closed when i come by oh man church I'll bring my robe and wear it next weekend and come out and be very liturgical. I'll put you to sleep, okay? You know what I'm saying? But, y'all, we celebrate the goodness of the Lord. He is good. He is Lord. And fill this in. We don't, or this is the thing, I wrote my notes. We don't just believe, but we belong. In small groups, we don't just believe the gospel creed, but we belong to Christ. We belong to one another. It's a beautiful thing. Do you know the most powerful thing we can do for one another? The most powerful act that God has given us that we can do together as the church and we can do together as cell and small groups, don't miss this, we can pray for one another. Jesus gave us keys to the kingdom. We have authority in prayer. And the most powerful thing you and I can do, and a lot of times we go, well, I guess we'll just pray. Let me tell you, let's get that right. The most effective, fervent, powerful thing that we can do is pray. That is the most holy thing I do every day is when I pray for other people. And when you pray for one another and when your small group comes together and you pray. I've seen miracles happen in my small group. How about you? And I've seen some miracles happen in this church. But I want to see a lot more. And I think when the church lasers in on prayer and we begin to believe that his church is this mighty living organism called the church and we get together and we edify Christ and we pray and we believe God for great things, God's going to move. Because I've told you before, Jesus said he didn't move in that region because they had unbelief. They didn't believe. So right now, by faith, I've been seeing this building for seven years in my spirit, man. We're getting steps closer now to building the facility for our next generation called children and students. And it will happen when the people of God sacrificially give and come together and pray and believe and don't whine but have faith and have trust and believe God will build His church. But I'm much greater than a building sitting out there. He will build our hearts. He will build man. He will build a woman that will look like Jesus. 
Some of you are like, well, I don't know, Pastor. That's, that's kind of radical. I, you know, I might have to give up something. You know, you just might. It won't hurt us either, will it? We still have so much. So much. We're so blessed. And yet we can become so selfish and Christ has become selfless. So we have to take some risks. We have to go for it. Number four, quickly, people are moving from rows to circles, which we're doing today. That's why I got you sitting like this. I want us to move from rows out there. Hey, not picking on you, where Spirit. God bless you, man. We're just glad you're here. Let me just tell you why we don't have a table for y'all. We don't have no more tables. <laughs> but if y'all keep coming, we'll go buy some, okay? And if y'all gave a really good offering today, we might get them this week. You know, you know what I'm saying? I wish we had tables for everybody. What is it? All God's kids got tables? You know, I don't know. I'm going to get in trouble. Marcus is going, y'all keep him employed. I don't want him at my school. He'll mess us up. Okay, here we go. You know what my job was on work day? They gave me a rake and said, go rake, pastor. (laughs) Rake pine straw. Can't really mess up there. Okay, here we go. Number four, we're moving from rows to circles in groups of 10 to 12 people that do life and love and affirm and we eat together and we share our spiritual journey and we walk in faith and we learn from one another and we believe God for more and we encourage. And here's one of the greatest things. We hear what God is doing in other members' lives. In corporate worship, we don't get to do that because it's not designed that way. It's a celebration. But in small groups, you hear struggles and you hear concerns and you hear victories and you hear where people are growing in their growth pursuit. It's a, it's a marvelous thing. In Acts 42, 46, and 7, it says they continued to meet together. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together. Our church has got this eating thing together down. We have no problem. Like if I said, y'all, we're going to start eating together. Like, praise God, we're already doing that. But I'm ready for this evangelism factor to explode, and we share, and we praise, and we do life in community, and we take some risk. So I want you to write down a question today. Five years from today, Three years from today, where will you be? Will you be doing life in community with other believers, or will you still be trying to be in isolation and doing it on your own? See, the phone call is going to come. And you're going to get some disturbing news. Something bad is going to happen in your relational world. And here's my thought. What are you going to do? Who are you going to run to? Who are you going to call? Is there a community that you move in closer to? So in small group, we want to grow healthy. Small groups, we want to give priority to that group meeting. Today, we're going to invite you. We're, we're doing something really unique today. We're fixing to break out. Now, hey, where's fair? Y'all don't leave, okay, because church ain't over yet, okay, because we still going to have some powerful worship. But for 15 minutes, we're going to go to these tables. And, and don't just sit at your table and go, I wish he'd come back and do something else. I want you to go back there and talk to people. And I want you to sign up, and, and we want you to, to do life together. And in these groups, they need to be confidential, and you don't, you don't put it on the, on, the, on the email, or you don't Facebook everybody say, hey, guess what sin the pastor confessed last week? That's a great way to kill a group, okay? So right now, leaders, would y'all be dismissed real quickly and go to your tables? All the leaders, y'all go to your tables, okay? And I'm going to go to my table in the process. And we're going to invite you just to come back to the tables and look and read the literature. And we've got booklets that, uh, somebody give me a booklet quick, the, the small group brochure. Mark, get, you got one? These right here, we have these for everybody, right, Mark? Not everybody. Hey, try to get one a family or something. There you go, because if we get them for everybody, we'll run out. But uh, anyway, maybe we should have printed more. But fall semester, this is our lineup. We just hope you'll do life with us. So right now, Lord God, speak to us, encourage us. 
Show us where you want us to do life with one another in Jesus' name. Hey, for, don't leave. 15 minutes, we're going to come back and worship. Just move around the room.